Well, hello, everyone. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com. Here with another great seven-day fat burning and research guide for you. We've got a couple interesting research studies we're going to share with you. And, of course, we're going to give you plenty of fat loss tips as well, including a bodyweight workout that I put together for Men's Health Magazine that they're not actually going to use. They're only going to use part of it. So we're going to share the whole thing with you today. Now, I'm off on my first trip of the year heading to Los Angeles this weekend. I will be first visiting my friend Alan Cosgrove at his gym, Results Fitness, and I'll be bringing back some training tips from him. And then I'll be spending the rest of the weekend hanging around my friends Joel Marion and Vince Del Monte and John Romanello. And Vince and Joel are doing their own transformation contest, and Vince, I think, is playing another fitness contest. So it'll be interesting to hang around those guys and talk about that stuff. Now, me personally, I'm already lean and I'm not going to be transforming my body, but I do have my own strength goals that I'm working on. However, they wouldn't be reflected in any before and after photos. But speaking of before and after photos, you might be listening to this call with enough time to get in and join the 10th Terminal Training Transformation Contest before Saturday, January 15th, which is the final day to start if you want to get 12 weeks. Now, if you want to start later on, you can start, but you won't get a full 12 weeks in, but you can still do the contest and uh, you'll just be out a few days. No problem, but uh, we'd love to have you in the contest, and you can get more information at transformationcontest.com. All right, let's get started with Monday, January 17th, and the transformation tip of the week. I have a couple quotes I want to share with you, and the first one comes from Larry Wingett, who I believe calls himself the pit bull of motivation or something, and he actually looks like a pit bull. He's one of those guys who looks like a dog. And he has a great quote, and it says, Learning to take responsibility for everything you are, everything you do, and everything you have is the biggest challenge you will ever face in your life. Until you first accomplish this major step, it will do you no good to go any further on your quest for success. So uh, it's harsh for someone to say to you, oh, you know, you've got to take responsibility for the way your life is. But in, in almost every case, we are where we are because of the decisions that we have made. And some of the decisions are not going to be easy, and some of them we may regret, but we are here where we are because of the decisions that we have made in the past. And you have to accept that responsibility. And once you do that, then you realize that you have control over your life and that you can change things. That is really big and really important for you to understand. Now, our second quote picks up on that, and it's from Ogmandino, who said, I shall shape my future. Whether I fail or succeed shall be no man's doing but my own. I am the force. I can clear any obstacle before me, or I can be lost in the maze. My choice, my responsibility. Win or lose, only I hold the key to my destiny. Again, it's harsh but true. It's simple, simple truth there that our future, our past, and our present all comes down to us and our decisions. All right, now let's move into a bodyweight workout that you may want to use. Make that your decision to put into your program. So I got an email from a guy named Joe Kita from Men's Health Magazine. He said, we're doing an article on on one of our transformations, on one of our success stories, and we want to give a little push-up workout. And so I sent him back a total body workout with an emphasis on push-ups, and they're not going to use that. They're going to only use only the push-up portion, uh, modified a little bit from this workout that I'm about to give you. So you're going to get a full body weight workout that you can do with absolutely no equipment. Um, a little bit of equipment is helpful to put your feet up on a, on a bench for a push-up, but other than that, it's all body weight stuff. So you're going to do Spider-Man push-up, eight reps per side as your first exercise, and pair that with prisoner lunges and do 10 repetitions, maybe even 20 repetitions per side. 
and make sure that your elbows are back and shoulder blades are together so you can work your upper back. Because again, without any equipment at all, without a bar or without a dumbbell, it's almost impossible to really train your upper back. But if we do that prisoner style lunge where we have that shoulder blade uh, contraction there and get those together, we can work our upper back a little bit. Then you can do uh, 30 seconds of rest and repeat that two more times. Then you move into a superset of push-ups, preferably with your feet elevated, and you go two repetitions short of failure. So if you can do 20, you stop at 18. And then you do that uh, with stick-ups. So that's another upper back mobility exercise. Again, it's not like doing bodyweight rows, but we're assuming that you have no equipment. If you do have access to equipment, you can do bodyweight rows or even pull-ups. So you rest 30 seconds, you repeat that superset two more times. Then you go on into our third and final superset, which is close grip push-ups with a one-second pause at the bottom, and you go to failure, and you do that paired with prisoner squat for 25 reps. And then you rest one minute and you repeat that one more time. So enjoy that little bodyweight workout you can do anytime, anywhere. I might have to pull that one out when I'm in Los Angeles at the hotel because I'll be training Thursday morning before I leave. And then, actually, I'll be training Friday at the hotel gym, but I might do that on Saturday uh, because I'm going to be very busy. All right, into Tuesday, 30 minutes of fun activity, then grab a green tea, and let's talk about our week's research review. This is our first of two studies. This is from the European Journal of Applied Physiology, and this study is called The Effective Sprint Interval Training on Circulatory Function During Exercise in Sedentary Overweight Women. So the researchers down at the University of Georgia looked at sprint interval training in overweight women. They had 28 overweight women who were randomly assigned to one of two groups, sprint interval training or the control group. Now, Keep that in mind that they put the subjects in either one of two groups. Keep that in mind because we're going to talk about another study later on. I'm going to explain a little bit about study design and show you why the study later on was a better study than the one that we're doing right now, that we're talking about right now. So this was 28 women, and they were split up evenly into two groups. Now, the sprint interval training group did three days per week of sprint training for four weeks, and they did the traditional um, and when I say traditional, I mean this is what's used in a lot of research studies, not so much in uh, the workouts that I put together, but they had them do stationary cycling intervals. They were 30-second sprints. They're called Wingate sprints, which are like all out to you almost puke sprints. And then they give you four minutes of recovery between sprints. So that's not how we do our interval training with turbulence training, but it's how they do it generally in a lot of these research studies. And they did four to seven of these 30-second sprints in a workout, and they trained three days per week, and they did four weeks of training. So after, they found that sprint training reduced working heart rate and increased stroke volume during an exercise test at 50% maximum capacity, and there's no changes in control. So what that means is that the cardiovascular function of these overweight women improved with just a little bit of sprint interval training. So what happens is when you're doing exercise, your heart pumps out a whole bunch of blood to the muscles. And when you get fit, as you improve your fitness, everybody tends to know that your resting heart rate decreases. But what happens is when you exercise at a certain level of intensity, that your heart rate also doesn't increase as much. So what they found or what they did was these overweight women did an exercise test before training and let's say their heart rate got up to 140, and then they did the same level of intensity of exercise after training, and their heart rate wouldn't go up as much because their heart has adapted to pump out more blood per beat. 
And so their heart rate would not go up because it's able to uh, pump out more blood to get the same amount of blood with less work done by the heart. And so that's one thing that happens when you improve your fitness. And you can improve your fitness with interval training, as is shown in this study. All right, so let's move into Wednesday's workout tip. And here's something I posted on Facebook, which is very, very important. A lot of people are always asking about overtraining. And the truth is that overuse injuries are a much greater concern for someone than overtraining for the average person. You know, overtraining is where you get sick from training too much or where your results start dropping because you're training too much. But in most cases, the average person is not going to get in that situation. Most people have much greater risk of getting an overuse injury, meaning you get uh, tendonitis or you pull a muscle or you get, you know, rotator cuff problems, sore joints. That type of stuff happens much more often than overtraining. And so you have to understand that and you have to modify your training program so that you're not training six or seven days per week. Or as I said on uh, the, on my Facebook page, I was joking, and I said working out eight days a week like McCartney and Lennon. I was referring to one of the Beatles songs about uh, giving you all my loving for eight days a week or something like that. I was just joking around there. People didn't understand me, which is normal. Um, I tend to make some weird jokes. But the bottom line here is if you train too often, you're more, to like, more than likely to have a joint or muscle injury than you are to get sick or slow your results. So... Reduce your training. You don't have to train six or seven days per week. Remember, your diet is the key to fat loss, not training six or seven days per week. So you can train less and get the same results if your nutrition is proper. Now, into Trainer Thursday, and that's a good tip for trainers to consider as well with their clients and also really to, to pass along to their clients because there's a lot of trainers out there who probably have overambitious clients. Um, obviously, we have lots of clients who miss workouts, but we also have a lot of clients who just will not stop working out. And so that's the kind of information you have to pass along. And for clients who just will not stop training, you have to get them to at least use different types of training. For example, a woman who I used to train, she wanted to run like 10 kilometers every day, and she was not built for running. She was a a, a taller woman who was just not built for running, and she had terrible running form, and she had terrible low back and hip injuries. She would not stop running, and I couldn't convince her otherwise. And eventually she fired me because I told her to stop talking when she was doing seated rows, and she wouldn't, and we had a, a bit of a falling out. I'm a bit of a hard trainer. I like people to do form, uh, focus on their form and not talk. That's not surprising. But anyways, if I could have gotten her to do more yoga, more bodyweight training, and less running, she would have had less uh, pain. But we couldn't get her to change. But trainers need to get people to change their overuse and, uh, overuse habits. All right, so our trainer tip for this week was not about that, but it's actually about exercise order. And I see a lot of uh, people going into the gym and just doing exercises in a completely wrong order. For example, I was actually watching a trainer train a client, and he had the client, an overweight woman, do cable crossovers, as the first exercise in the workout, and they were resting two minutes between sets, no supersets, and, and then they went to dumbbell chest presses, and the woman complained like she wasn't able to do the exercise properly because she was too tired from the cable crossovers. And then they did preacher curls and then concentration curls, which is a terrible workout. I can't believe this woman was paying money for that. But I find that a lot of people will end up training minor movements before they train a major movement. 
Another guy I saw at the gym, he did a whole bunch of exercises, and then he did a superset of power cleans and squats. He, he wasn't doing the exercises properly. He didn't know how to do a power clean, but he was trying to do those types of movements in a state of fatigue, and it's really not a great idea. So what the proper exercise order for a training session should be warm-up, followed by skill or power exercises like either jumps or power clean, then into strength, and then you continue on with your major movements, then any minor movements, a minor movement being something perhaps like bicep curls or triceps extensions. You know, sometimes you want to put that in there for fun for the client or if they need to do that, you know, if a person wants to build muscle. And then you do torso training and interval training. And, again, the minor movements could be eliminated. The torso training could be done with a warm-up. That's fine. But then the interval training is done at the end. And so it's very simple to go from major movements to minor movements. Um, and that is probably the most important rule that I want to share with people right now. When you're doing your training program, you should not be doing jumps and cleans and heavy squatting at the end of your workout when you're fatigued. All right, Facebook Friday. Let's get into our questions here. Question number one comes from Kim, who asked this in a Q&A session on my Facebook page. She said, I want to lose five pounds quickly. Any suggestions? And I said, Kim, strict diet and consistent exercise, that's going to work. But at the risk of losing you as a friend, you really should have started your plan earlier. Sometimes when I'm in a real jokester mood, I'll say there's one machine that can really help you with this, and the answer is a time machine. If you can get a time machine, you go back in time and start this when you should have started it. And, you know, if you want to lose a whole lot of weight fast, get in your time machine, go back and start doing it when you should have. However, of course, you don't have a time machine. But that is the truth. That you really should have started earlier. Now, if you're strict, you can achieve results fast, and especially it depends on your current status. But as we mentioned earlier, do not overdo the exercise. The diet will do most of the work, and you really can't burn five pounds of fat quickly with exercise because if the – general notion that one pound of fat contains 3,500 calories is true, realize that even if you run a marathon, you're only going to burn about 2,600 calories. So you'd have to run a marathon a day for five days, maybe even six or seven days before you were able to burn five pounds of fat, just going by those numbers alone. So realize that you you can't out-train a bad diet, and simply the nutrition is much more powerful. And you shouldn't overuse, uh, do over, overuse of training because you'll end up with an overuse injury. I had another question uh, from Joan along the same lines. She says, is it too much work to train each muscle twice a week, i.e. chest and back Monday and Thursday, shoulders and arms Tuesdays and Fridays, legs on Wednesdays and Thursday, on uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays? She said, I've gained a lot of strength doing it this way, but sometimes I do feel tired. And I told her, you're going to have a shoulder overuse injury in 8 to 12 weeks. And there's Because I've watched this in, in actual research studies where we had, at the request of the lead investigator, the lead doctor of the study, he said, I want the training study to be six days per week. And we had a very similar training schedule to that. And we had guys with overuse injuries. And then there was another training study that uh, I saw published where they had women do five days per week of resistance training on a similar schedule, and again, they had overuse injuries. That's just what happens. I, I found that out the hard way when I was in high school, when I was training six days per week. Shoulder overuse injury. It happens to every person who tries to train six days per week. 
And so you can't do it. You're going to get hurt. And uh, that's what I said to her. And I said, you know, 8 to 12 weeks, you're going to have a shoulder injury or a knee injury. There's no reason to train more than four days per week. You'll probably even do best with a three-day-per-week approach of lower body, upper body, and a total body or three total body workouts. So stay active on your off days with fun activities. You don't need to be in the gym every day to look amazing. Remember, the resistance training is an incredibly efficient stimulus to your body. It doesn't need a lot. Now, into social sports Saturday, we're going to have 30 minutes of fun activity. And uh, here's something I posted. I got, I got a lot of good feedback on my Facebook page when I said this. You can't control all the circumstances in your life, but you do control how you react to them. So stay focused on your plan. Make the right choices. Eliminate the negative and give more time and energy to the positive in your life. If you're hanging around negative people and it's upsetting you, don't hang around them anymore. Move to your positive social support. And remember, if you live 75 years, and I know most of you are going to live much, much more than that, you're given 27,375 days. It's only 657,000 hours. And I don't want you to waste any of it, okay, with negative people. Now, finally, into Sunday, plan, shop, and prepare. We've got 30 minutes of activity. Get your grocery shopping done. And I'm going to save some of you young guys who are listening a lot of money by explaining this next study. So a lot of young guys are spending a lot of money on overpriced supplements uh, like that are claimed to increase nitric oxide levels in the blood. And so Canadian researchers at my alma mater, McMaster University, studied the effects of supplementing with 10 grams of arginine, which is the main ingredient in these nitric oxide increasing uh, products. And they looked at nitric oxide synthesis, muscle blood flow, and skeletal muscle protein synthesis. And they found uh, that eight young men who participated in two trials, and here I'm going to teach you a little bit about research study design. They had this, the young men do two different workout, or two different trials, so they had the young men do both trials. They, so in the other study, they had the women do the interval training, or there was another group of women that did no interval training. In this study, the subjects did both the supplement with arginine and the supplement with placebo. They did them both, and here's why they do that so that they remove all the genetic differences between two groups. So when you have the subjects do both of the trials, you have, you know, it's operating under the same genetics. It's operating under the same environment. The person is probably going to eat the same food. And so whenever possible, a study can be improved by having the subjects do both conditions. Now, with the interval training study, you would have had to have done single-leg interval training. But they have plenty of setups where they can do that. And in this study, what they had guys do was single-leg resistance exercise so that they could compare the working leg against the non-working leg with arginine supplementation and the working leg against the non-working leg with placebo supplementation. And then you could compare all of those against one another. And again, it's not like you're going to have in the control group, well, you might have selected this genetic group of genetic freaks because you have the people doing both both uh, both trials there and having the same genetics. So what they did was they had these young men perform the two trials of unilateral leg resistance exercise and they can 
they had a drink of either 10 grams of essential amino acids or 10 grams of arginine. And so again, just note the study design there. It's a little bit different than the other one, but it's a more powerful study design in this one. They found that plasma arginine increased 300% during the arginine trial, so that's not surprising. If you drink 10 grams of arginine, you're probably going to have more arginine in your blood as it's um, uh, not, not just only digested, but absorbed into the bloodstream. And they found that exercise in both control and arginine increased blood flow and increased muscle protein synthesis. However, there was no effect of the arginine. It didn't increase the increased blood flow, it didn't enhance muscle protein synthesis, and so the researchers concluded that the oral arginine, 10 grams, does not increase nitric oxide synthesis or muscle blood flow or enhance muscle protein synthesis. So all those supplements are a complete waste of your money. All right, that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to come with training tips from my visit to Alan Cosgrove. I'm going to give you a research review on how a simple email can help you lose fat. And our nutrition is going to be scary fast food nutrition facts from the February 2010 issue of Men's Health Magazine. So I hope you enjoyed this call. There was lots of great information and research. I'll be back next week with more. Until then, this is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com wishing you another seven days of fat burning. Bye-bye, everyone.